The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. I have a lot of thunder in my hands, and I'll take 16 seconds, man. Matthew, semi, the Jedi, Simmelsberger! That's it. Huge wow! I'm one of the most dangerous guys in this division. Alexander, the great Boganowski! Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Tell me that's on video. I've never been happier. I'm made for a fucking podcast. <laughs> it's dangerous. Listen to me, we're out of here. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Uh, I hate my announcer voice. I'm very congested today. I have a bit of a cold, I think, so... You have to excuse my stupid uh, stuff nose. We have uh, Matt Semmelsberger uh, be joining us in just a minute. And we also have uh, we have the champ, uh, Alexander Volkanovsky, um, fighting Brian Ortega, of course, the main event at UFC 266. He will be on a little later in the show, hopefully. And I'm still wanting to figure out, Matt, that I don't think they know. Um, Hakbar asked uh, against Hooker. Hooker, apparently his visa issues have been worked out. Um, Hack Brass uh, is still working on his. Uh, hopefully, it will get done. How about the embassy s- speed it up a little? I mean, I know you guys are busy, but if somebody's coming here to work on a live event, I mean, you know, how about you step on the gas just a little and cut the bureaucracy if you can? I just realized now, Jim. What? You know, you know, I mean, you were doing the radio all, probably all morning. Yes. So you're right out of a cannon, and, uh, you know, you didn't even say hello to me. Oh, you know what? Hi, Matt. Jimmy, <laughs> I wish I could. I can't wait to hug you. I'm getting a big bear hug. I'm just so, I can't breathe. I'm so stuffy. I know. Well, Jimmy, listen, can I, listen, we're going we're gonna to talk to uh, Matthew Semi the Jedi in literally a second. Yeah. We're going to get him right in. But really quick, I went to my TRT doc this morning. You know, I gave uh, blood earlier. Nice. You know what I mean? Um, because I realized that my uh, red blood cells were a little high. That's the problem with the TRT. You got to keep levels. You got to check. You're good. Check if your uh, your levels are good. You can't let that get too high. Well, what happens? Well, you can fucking have a stroke or something. You can't let your blood get too thick. Right. So you give blood and you keep yourself healthy at the same time. But my point is this. It's not about me giving blood and yada, yada. And my TRT shot a hiney. It's not about that. About me comoring 20-year-olds feeling great. Sure. Not about... It's not about that. 
Wow, you got abs, Matt. Very good. Oh, yeah. Matt's in good shape. But listen to me. The point is, I normally walk around when I'm chubby, but I was the fattest 230 when people would call me a meatball. Lately, I've been walking around close to 200, which is nice. I was 196 today, bro. That's like, that's, that's like, yo, that's right before I start cutting for a fight, which I'm not doing. Anyway, my point is, I want a pat on the back for being like lighter than 200 pounds. And that's from you, Jimmy. Yeah. I'm not getting it. What? Listen to me. Misery loves company, you little fucking bitch. That is you, true. Uh, Jimmy, I'm sorry. No, you, you haven't been training, have you? No. So, because they so move right schools. No, I'll I don't tell you why. No, no, I've been traveling a lot. Every wet Thursday, I travel. I've been out of town, and I'm also just been doing stuff during the day to fix my windows in my apartment. I got you. So you, you boil that down to two excuses because traveling and out of town, same thing. Yeah. You know what I did when we meet my wife when we traveled? I'm not getting the details of what we did, everything we did. But we started a day when we went to the gym. Yeah. So don't give me no bullshit. So your endorphins aren't running. No, they're not no. fucking, they're not going. Mine are. I'm all happy about my weight. That's like you coming in going, oh man, I, I got hooked up with Jimmy Rivera again and I had a great day of uh, training. And I and I and I'm mad, I feel great, and I'm down in weight. And me going, so when is uh Jedi the semi uh, coming in? But I didn't say that. You didn't say anything, Jimmy. No, I, when's Matt coming in? Let's get our first guest then. Oh, hi. That's not the noggin of the champ. We, we, didn't, we didn't come into your podcast at the wrong time, did we? Oh, no, this is the right time. No, bro. it's perfect oh, time. You, you are the champion of the world, man. You do whatever the fuck you want. Oh, that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I, what, now, yeah, who's the guy over your shoulder? I want to say hello to him, too. Is he? Yeah, he's like, who's that? You're a Sterling guy, hey. Yeah, yeah. Why? Would you like Sterling or no? I'm a young guy, brother. I'm sorry. <laughs> listen, man. Hey, listen. You just here to pick a fight? What's going yeah, on? He's a fucking... I'm going to get out of my shirt, my <laughs> Hey, tell Jimmy who's your favorite comedian now. You're a Jimmy guy or yeah. you're a fucking someone else guy? <laughs> yeah, no, guy? Yeah, don't worry, mate. Don't listen to this place. <laughs> <laughs> it's just constant banter over here, mate. Nothing the going at it. Now you're finally not training for Max. Like you know, and Brian, who's striking is obviously improved a lot, and he's he's a very good striker. I mean, a, a different uh threat uh typically than Max presents. It's it's a, a, a terrible threat, but a different threat. So uh how, how do you prepare differently for for him as opposed to uh, Holloway, who you know is gonna stand with you? Yeah, man, it's a it's a yeah, totally different challenges. You know what I mean? So that's why it's exciting, you know what I mean? So but I mean in saying that. You know, everyone, I'm known for my well-roundedness. You know what I mean? I'm so well-rounded. Uh, you know, I, I can take the fight sort of anywhere. But obviously, you know, you got, you, you've got Ortega, who's very dangerous on the ground and all that type of stuff. So I need to be careful with what I do. But in saying that, uh, you know, I, I'm just too well-rounded. I put things together too well. Uh, my movement's too good. Uh, and again, he hasn't dealt with anything like that before. You know, he's going to have his game plans. He's going to want to, he's going to have his direction. So he thinks, but... You know, I'm going to quickly uh, switch that up on him and uh, he's going to figure out real early that, you know, I'm just too much. You know what I mean? That's going to get in his head and that's where you're going to, when you're going to see him start to crumble. Hey, uh, this morning, I spent my morning watching, because I just went and did mine. It was, it was, it was fun. But I saw you with the, uh, the year of the fighter. That was good, man. That yeah, was it was cool. fun. That was, yeah, that was while I was here. 
uh, when I was here doing the Ultimate Fighter, so we squeezed that in as well. So, so you can see I looked a little heavier there too. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you look, dude, you look in shape now, man. Yeah, you haven't lost in what eight years? Last time you, you took a lot, one loss, and it was eight years ago. Uh, I couldn't tell you, but yeah, something like that. Now that you're the champion, uh, you have different press responsibilities. There's a different level on your shoulders of expectations and of focus. And has that changed anything for you, either good or bad? Has that made you like a little, you know, you have to do more media than you used to or blah, blah, blah? Well, I mean, look, I don't, it's five weeks is five week for me. You know what I mean? I'm, a, I'm usually, it's usually a pretty busy schedule. Obviously, it's a lot more busy now, but I mean, I, I just adapt to everything. You know what I mean? You know, I'm, I'm composed in all situations. So it's, this is just still, I feel like a normal process for me. You know what I mean? And I don't mind. I'm one of the fighters that don't mind doing this. You know, I mean, you probably get a lot of uh, fighters that can't stand it, hate all the ob obligations they need to do. But for me, it's a part of the process. It gets me ready for my fight. Let's me know that, hey, you're fighting soon. You know what I mean? Especially with the belt. Let's me know that, hey, you're defending this belt. You know, let's 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 keep everything on track. Let's stay ready. Uh, let's stay focused. You're a level-headed guy. I never see you really in a bad mood. Even when I see you in person, when I see you, in, bro, I mean. Are you, how are you in the morning? Are you grumpy in the morning or you have to have your coffee? I can't see. You're such a nice, you're a good dude. I don't see you. Right, Jimmy? Yeah. I can see him a little, like when we're talking to him, it's like, oh man, if it's, it's fight week, he might be up tight. Look at him. Look how relaxed he is. Nah, mate, I'm, I'm all good. But dealing with these blokes, as you could see. Oh, shit, man. deal with these blokes, you know, I mean, they can get me in the mood, let me tell you. But now nah, you're obviously cutting weight and all that type of stuff, you know. I, I guess I get agitated maybe a little bit easier, but I'm usually pretty chill. Dude, I, I tell you right now, your bloke agitated me, and I don't even know that guy. Yeah, exactly right. Literally. Why would he feel obligated to tell me that, oh, you're a Sterling guy, I'm a Leon guy? I don't give a fuck who's yeah, guy. Yeah, exactly. You tell him. I tell him all the time. Don't yeah, worry. Tell him. I, tell nah, him. That's, that's it. That's that's good guy. You could have Leon <laughs> fucking underoos. I don't give a fuck. But anyway, I love you. <laughs> Man, I'm going to see you out there, bro. I'm going out there. when I'm around. Don't worry, I'll get to try. I'll get to try with him later, but later I'll sort him out for you. It's all good. Oh, yeah, give me something. <laughs> that's just a part of uh, that's what I mean by the boys' banter. I don't know, a lot of people can't can't handle it, but I mean, these boys are constantly stirring me up. They they even get in my ear. They even say things like, Oh, I don't know, well, Taker's he's looking good, man. You know right. what I mean? Like they get into that. That's the type of banter. They break balls, they like to break balls. Yeah, exactly. Nothing personal. I see that like the. With, with your culture, it's similar to like the East Coast ball breaking culture. It is culture. It is like Longo's constantly shitting on me. For you. Yeah, man. <laughs> well, that's my honestly. That's how it is. A lot of people, they're like, "Are you guys friends or what?" Like, well, you, you know, like friends. Like, what's going on here? But that's just how we are, man. The band is always strong. He was even saying how much he, he liked you anyway, and he's still busting your balls. You know what I mean? I if like, he's busting your balls, it means he likes you. I like. I listen. I like. I like him too. All right, I'll be there. We'll get an espresso. So, uh, listen, you saw Brian's last performance, and with the Korean zombie, zombie. And listen, man, we—I mean, we have to admit—he's never looked better. I yeah. mean, I mean, I thought he's never looked better. So, you know, again, I'm not saying, and I'm not, I'm not shitting on the Korean zombie by all means. But again, you fought Max Holloway. You're coming off two fights with one of the greatest, all oh, Max Holloway. So it's a different, you know what I mean? In in, in in caliber of, of opponent, even though Korean Zombie's very, very high level. My point is, like, did he did anything in that last performance by him, anything that he did with you that surprised him from when you saw him prior? 
Oh, 100%. 100% of it. You know, and uh, he uh, definitely worked on things. And I'll, I'll get into a little bit of detail for you. But like we've been before, watching his fights before, uh, you know, he obviously was always a, he liked to come forward and throw big bombs. He would eat a lot of damage. You know, he wouldn't fight at range and things like that. He would just walk plot forward, wouldn't even set up these strikes, literally walk forward into punches and, and, and throw, like similar to that. Where his last fight, he showed really good distance control, uh, good range, great range. You know, shot selections was good, uh, mixed that up well. And uh, he even got reads on on, uh, on Zombie pretty well too. But that's where, like, so he definitely leveled up. He, he, you know, he worked on a lot of things. And uh, a good way of putting this, he had the perfect opponent that day uh, to showcase all these new traits that he could, because Zombie just let him do his thing. Zombie was just staying at a range where he was no footwork at all, uh, flat-footed, no fakes, nothing, and just plot in a little bit, and then Ortega would just shot, shot, uh, and then every time... Uh, every time a, a zombie moved, it was obvious that he was coming forward and, and, and going to strike because there was no no hidden, uh, no camouflaging sort of movements. It was just nothing and going. Very easy to read, you know what I mean? So, uh, But with me, if you watch me, everyone knows my footwork. You know, I give you so many things to worry about, so many puzzles. You can't just sit there and look, oh, I'm going to do this shot and just take your time. And, and you know, it ain't like, that ain't the type of fight it is. And uh, you know what I mean? I'm going to be constantly making you adjust, constantly make you uh, figuring things out. And if you're trying to keep up, which he has to, it's it's a whole heap of mess. You know what I mean? His, his head's just going, Shh. and that, that's when I start picking my shots, and that's where the uh, the control comes in. And that's you know, the, you know the, not only pressure that I'm known for, you got this sort of mental pressure, this mental battle that you're sort of going through while all this is happening, trying to keep up. And uh, obviously, that's when the gas tank goes down. And that's when you you start obviously mental state starts there really really going oh shit what's going on here you know overload. Does the any of your clinch work like you use with uh, Jose Aldo up against the cage and that pressure does it does that kind of change at all knowing that if and it's nice that you don't have much of a neck I like that that's hard but is it change knowing that this dude gets a wrap around your neck and stuff I mean are we had proper head positioning changes that I know but. Again, are the tactics a little different? Because you're known for that pressure. Your strikes are fucking great, but then you close that distance. Yeah, exactly right, man. 100%. Everything that you well, – everyone knows I'm a calculated type of fighter. So uh, every every position we, we go into, we go into it with a, with a certain approach. And the same as the takedown. You know, you ain't going to see me doing, you know, clear double-leg takedowns. Or am I just confused? Maybe I am. I don't know. But, you know, I mean, I'm not going to put myself in a position – where, where, where the next going to be taken. So, uh, you know, he's going to have to try and force the the guillotine, you know what I mean? And, and you know, that's going to be pretty hard because I'm usually got good head control. I'm usually pretty upright. You know, I'm always in a, in a pretty solid position. And then even if it gets – obviously, you know, I'm the type of guy, I put myself in the deepest guillotines, the deepest triangles you can think of. And I'm going to start in their positions and work my way out. So I'm prepared if it does go there. But obviously – my the game planning and all my approach is don't get anywhere near there in the first place. You know what I mean. So, but don't get me wrong, the clinch work is definitely going to be a tool we're going to take advantage of as well. Like you're going to still see me clinch up. Don't, the, for people to think that there's no way I'm going to get anywhere near him is is just silly. You know what I mean. Obviously, there's an approach to 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 everything. Uh, but again, you know, even even if it goes to the ground, you know, we need to be very careful in certain things. But 
there's still a way and an approach we go about things in these sort of positions. And, you know, we've got such a great team where we break things down. And, we again, we put ourselves in these positions time and time again. We break down every little position. You know, got Craig Jones, uh, you know, helping us in all these sort of positions as well. You know what I mean? So he's going to be in the corner. Uh, but, you know what I mean? We, we've done a great job. Joe, Joe from Freestyle Fighting Gym, uh, my gym, he's just, man, he's done a great job. You know what I mean? And, again, put us in the, you know, put us in the positions people don't want to be. That's something that we have always done. And we do probably better than anyone else because, you know, I mean, I don't have yes men around me. I've got guys that are going to be like, "Hey, we're <laughs> working. I don't care if you don't fucking like it. You are working on this." Uh, so you know what I mean. So I've been in these positions, and I guarantee you, I'll take Hazard. He's got a bunch of uh, yes men around him. That's what I believe, uh, and uh, you know what I mean. And, and I think uh, come fight time, you're going to see that. I'll tell you right now that Craig Jones in your corner is fucking huge. I mean, huge, Jimmy. Jimmy. You know who Craig Jones is? He doesn't yeah. follow the jiu-jitsu world, do you? Don't no, lie. No, I know who he is. Okay. Why would I lie? We can try. You know, and I'm making music. <laughs> it's, it's, he's not an MMA fighter, but he's one of the best grapplers on the planet. You know what I mean? It's, a, it's, a, it's crazy. The, 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 even like uh, the things that you think you know so much about, yeah. the detail that he goes into in this, like, again, how we like to break down our, our game planning and the positions. He goes into fine detail in every position in jiu-jitsu and then, I do this and make adjustment and he's nullified, you know, he's so good at nullifying other things while he's going into things. And like, you know, it's just the way that they think, you know, that it's just when we talk about being steps ahead, the chess match that I like to play, you get to see that in the jiu-jitsu world, like why, you know, you're just talking to him and the information you get, you're like, man, this is incredible. So again, we're going to be picking his brains. He's here uh, tonight. So uh, we'll keep picking his brains. I'm sure the, the boys in the corner will be as well. Uh, just even though I'll be cutting weight soon, but, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get as much knowledge as we can while we have it. When you have a guy like that in your corner, does it help take away some of the mystique of uh, a guy like Brian who is known so much for such uh, great jiu-jitsu? Does, does it kind of make, not that you were ever afraid of it, but does it make it a, a, a more, an easier thing to overcome this mystique of how great he is when you have somebody like that in your corner? Oh, man, 100%. Because uh, I'm always trying to be the, the best the best I can. And Craig Jones, like, you know, you're going to have people that'll be like, oh, no, he'll take, uh, you know, like we even had on the show, Ultimate Fighter show. Um, I think, uh, I forget his name. And he was sitting there going, oh, I'd love to see Ortega and Craig Jones uh, have a role. And I'm like, and then we all, all of us, everyone on our team, our coaches are like, wait, wait, what do you mean? Like, come on, man, you can't compare these, these two. You know, this is a whole different ball game. You've got to remember, this is their world. Uh, you know, obviously he's heavier. And this guy's the, one of the best naked grapplers in the world. Like, you know, you're, you're a fool to think that, you know, Ortega will do half decent. You know, when we say half decent, it's just surviving, you know what I mean? And, and let's see if I – let's see how long I can last without getting submitted. That's that's how it is with Craig. And I've been there. I know. So I'm very hard to submit. But I'm going to have him, you know, especially the first times we grappled. I was so lucky to have him uh, through the Ultimate Fighter, putting me in all these uh, positions, especially early, you know, where I thought I was comfortable and he was still just able to just wrap me up and, like, he'd still get submissions. Like, man – but then by the end of it, working with him and, and taking, you know, things and, mate, we, the amount of times he was tapping me at the start compared to the end was just crazy within within the month that we were together. So that just shows you, uh, you know, the, the knowledge he has and, and being able to train with guys like that, how much that can help. So going into this fight, you know, obviously, you know, I've been in these positions, so I'm going to be composed. But again, I'm, I'm, it's still a threat. It's still something I need to be careful. And I've got to respect that.
And the idea, like, no one thought that Brian couldn't strike, but how effective his strike is, he kind of, the surprise of that is over. Um, you know, after, after Frank Edgar and how, and how good he looked against uh, uh, a zombie. So it's one of those things where you've already seen how good he can be standing up too. So you're not only going to be looking for takedowns and get caught by surprise on, on his striking. Yeah, man, yeah, exactly. You, there's going to be an approach, as I said, to, to everywhere we go. Uh, yeah, if it goes to the ground on the clinch, uh, clinch in the middle of the, the octagon, clinch on the on the cage, you know, every position. If he's got a single leg, you know, I mean, we have worked every single position. Uh, so, again, like, a, again, it's because at the end of the day, it's because we respect his skills. You know, obviously I'm going to sit there, I'm going to bash all day, I'm going to say things about him and, and you know, you're going to do that. But, again, there's a, there's a lot of respect there. I know he's got great skills, but I'm ready for him. You know what I mean? I'm always ready. I'm always prepared. You know, I'm never underprepared. We're always more than prepared. You got to feel good, man, watching that. How good Jose Aldo is doing lately, man. How good he looked. You know, don't you feel like, hey, man, people are thinking that guy fell off. And, oh, man, maybe you beat him, but you didn't beat the best person. Man, you, got a nice, you look great in that fight. I, you know, maybe because I just watched it. But I don't know. Like, anytime like, you beat somebody and you see them doing good, it makes you feel like, I don't know, man. Uh, that last fight, he looked great. And, man, uh, I try telling people going in, like, even when, uh, you know, people are asking me, oh, like, who you got? Like, I got Aldo. Even from fighting him, I knew he's, he's like, and then watching some of his fights, he's still so fast twitched. You know what I mean? He's still so, so fast. He's still, uh, you know, he still does everything right. You know what I mean? And, and he ended up showing uh, uh, more things. He ended up having a little bit more volume, I thought. Um, I thought that he, were, he tended to, to go first a little bit more in this fight as well which uh, sometimes, you know, he just looks for counters and, you know, you know things like that. But he showed a, a few more tools. So I think he's, he's still uh, as dangerous as ever. How was the, the, the crowd and the people with you in Brazil after you beat him? How you would expect uh, fighting a legend uh, of, of Brazil, you know, the, the King of Rio, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's called. So obviously it's just a part of being in that arena. That's just what they do, right? Uh, but, I mean, they're still respectful in a way where, you know, they're going to still say you're going to die and all this type of stuff. Yeah. You're going to be doing these signs to you as you're walking out. So, mate, like it, it was it was full on. But, again, I'm so composed. It was just still another normal day. Uh, but, you know, went in there and, and felt it. But, I mean, afterwards, you know, we were at the beach and that, and everyone was nothing but respectful and all that type of stuff. But, again, going in that arena was definitely different. The crowd was, you know, the loudest booze and, and that you're ever going to see you're yeah, being threatened as you're walking through. and so. But again, all I can do at the time is just laugh about it. I, as, as I said, I was more worried about the my boys in the crowd that were cheering for me. I'm like, oh, oh boy, don't cheer for me. Keep that on the down low, man. Like, you know what I mean? Because I've been walking out. I was right there and, and I'm looking at the boys and they're right in front of me. I'm about to walk out. Uh, so just before my song's uh, about to go. And um, the boys are like, yeah, doing this. And I'm like, man, I don't want them cheering for me. Hey, these guys next to them doing these ones. Ah, and then I got nuts all around him and all around them. And I was like, oh, fuck. I was, uh, I was uh, starting to stress out a little bit for them. Not me. I was like, hey, it's all right. I'm going up to go and have Yeah, you already know who you have to fight. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But uh, I'm like, these boys might get killed out here. I don't know. <laughs> now, you, you, had, uh, you were supposed to fight Brian, I think, in March. Um, but you had COVID. Did you have just like asymptomatic or did you really suffer with it? How bad was it? Yeah, it got me good. Uh, I ended up, uh, I ended up in hospital and whatnot. So I was coughing up blood, and, and and I ended up getting the, the the pneumonia. So the COVID infection got all through the lungs. Uh, so I had to get on like a dexamethasone and, and you know strong medication uh, to to just yeah obviously help with the infection. So it got me pretty good. I had to. That's why 
we're always going to have to, you know, we want to postpone the fight and reschedule it pretty soon. But the UFC doctors and all that were like, look, we can't have you fighting anytime soon. You're going to have to wait. And then the that's probably why we end up doing the ultimate fighter purely because we knew I couldn't fight straight away. Just to recover, give your body some time, yeah. Exactly. So I had to, you know, obviously ease back into training just to, just obviously we were hoping that there was no lung, uh, you know, scar tissue in the lungs and all that. But there's not, you know, we all good. Uh, again, came with well, I'm fitter than ever, so all good. How, how long were you in bad shape for where you were like, fuck, I know I can't fight right now? Um, man, look, well, it was a, obviously the first like uh, four or five days of, you know, when you start getting them, like you, you get the bad fevers and all that, like some of the normal symptoms that you'll get was all good. But then they sort of went away. But then uh, obviously the, the lungs, the breathing and all that stuff was because it was still in the lungs. So that was that was probably for another, you know, four or five days. So it was probably like 10 days where it was, you know, still like, oh, yeah, what's going to happen? But once I started seeing improvements, you know, you just got to be positive. So I was just like, oh, yeah, I'll be sweet. My doctors, uh, you know, obviously were back home and that were a bit more uh, stressed out. Like they're like, man, we've got to make sure these lungs aren't, you know, aren't, aren't you know, they're going to have long lasting effects. You know, you hear stories, the horror stories of a lot of people. So um, that's why we really wanted to get the treatment that, that we that we got. Like, and, and I really look after. That's why easing back into training, which is hard to do for me. Being in the gym, I want to fucking go 100%. But you're know, being told you've got to go 50, you know, just start off with 50, you know what I mean? And then just ease back into it. You know, that was like a six week process. So, uh, you know, that was still difficult, but again, I'm a professional. I'm going to do what I have to do. Yeah. Well, this is going to be a great, great main event. The whole card is good. Sick uh, card, man. Yeah. Shevchenko, Lauren Murphy, uh, a great co-main. Uh, and of course, Nick and Robbie. Now they're not sure what weight they're going to fight at. Is it going to be 170, 185? But that, yeah, as the third fight, a five round non-title fight. What a great fucking pay-per-view this is. Um, and good luck, man. It's, it's good talking to you and you seem ready and you seem uh, as good as you're going to be. You seem uh, you know ready to go. Always ready to go, mate. Always ready to go. And Stu. All right. Nice talking to you, man. Take care. I'll see you out there, bro. All right. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you. Alexander Volkanovsky. UFC Unfiltered is brought to you by NEDS, the official wagering partner of the UFC in Australia. Aussie Fight fans, keep an eye out for this weekend's UFC pay-per-view event as NEDS offers a split decision return. This means if you place a head-to-head bet on any main card fight and your pick loses by split decision, NEDS will pay you out as a winner. Plus, you can pump up your odds with a UFC multi simply by combining your favorite markets across all fights on the card. The action doesn't stop with UFC. Neds has everything you need to take it to the Neds level, regardless of what you bet on. For those sports punters, Neds Same Game Multi is now available on more sports than ever before. And for the racing fanatics, Neds Blended is available on all three racing codes. Blended lets you pick multiple runners to win in the same race at special blended odds. It's never been easier for you to be paid out as a winner. Look, whatever you bet on. Take it to the Neds level. UFC markets exclude South Australian residents. Split decision return eligible on first $250 stake. Minimum blended odds are $1.10 terms and conditions apply are available on the Neds website. Remember to always gamble responsibly. Please call 1-800-858-858. This episode of UFC Unfiltered is brought to you by Love Hemp, the official CBD partner of UFC 
Life can be a challenge. Whoever you are, we're all striving for a healthier lifestyle. Love Hemp, one of the leading premium organic CBD and hemp suppliers, here to help people like you. The Love Hemp range contains CBD oils, edibles, and topicals contain cannabinoids, which help support wellness and recovery to maintain your natural balance. It's even endorsed and used daily by elite fighters like Gilbert Burns, GSP, and Kamaro Usman. Whatever challenge you may be facing, Love Hemp, they're always in your corner. Love Hemp, helping you to be the best you can be. Available now via lovehemp.com across Europe and coming to the U.S. markets this year. Semi the Jedi's got a new look going, I think. I do. Is this, this is your first time on this show, isn't it? Yes, it is. Hey, man, how you doing? First of all, nice to meet you. I enjoy nice your fighting style. Thank you, man. Thank You're you. ferocious. Let me ask you something, because I, this is, listen, and this goes to show you, Jimmy, about our producers. Well, I, I, I lovely people. I'm not sure. Guy, but they could be a little slow on the go. I've been asking, once I saw your nickname was Semi the Jedi, I go, I don't know if this dude's in the Star Wars, but I got to talk to him. You might not be. It might just rhyme. I don't know. I want to know right now. Are you like into Star Wars or that just kind of rhymes? <laughs> I am into Star Wars for sure. I'm not like a, a diehard Star Wars fan, but I am like, I got like a nerdy side to me, man. Like, like uh, I play like Dungeons and Dragons and all this like fantasy type of games and shit like that. Um, so Star Wars goes right up that alley, man. So how'd you get the name Semi the Jedi? Did, did you choose that or did someone give it to you? Yeah, so I added, I added the Jedi onto the end. So my nicknames uh, used to be Semi, just Semi. Um, so I have a long last name, Semmelsberger. Um, so when I was playing football growing up, our coaches hated calling us by our last name because it was so damn long um, and hard to say. So they were like, all right, we got to think of something to call you. So one of our, our football coaches, who was a family friend, ended up just start calling us semi and it kind of stuck. Um, and then it kind of worked out because on the football field, I like to like lay out big hits and just lay people out and stuff like that. So it eventually kind of transcended into this dude hits like a semi, like a semi truck. Yeah. <laughs> like he's running people over. So uh, that's, that's kind of how it was. Right, so, wait, tell me something about the wait. You play Dungeons and Dragons? Is that what you said? Yeah, D and D, man. Now that's that's old school. Listen, how yeah. you, that's old school. Yeah, man. So I don't I don't play like the older editions. Uh, I play like the newer editions and stuff like that. But um, I know it's been around for fucking forever, man. What's the difference? Is the the uh, the newer editions on computer and the old ones weren't? No, so they're all still like tabletop style gaming. Um, but like the. I don't know. I'm not like an expert on it, but um, the additions change up. Um, it's a lot to go into, but it's just honestly just like the style of gameplay that you do on like the table and stuff like that. You know what's hysterical about that? Sometimes I'll, I'll go to the comic book shops, you know, and I take my kids too. I got them into comics, and you see some 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 kids in the back, some guys, whatever, playing board games and stuff. Imagine somebody comes in to harass the local D D group in the back, and you got fucking yeah. separate Jedi Gristan. <laughs> Imagine, like, hey, look at these fucking geeks. And all of a sudden, somebody jump out. That'd be a fucking mistake. I'm definitely, I'm definitely our nerd group's uh, enforcer, that's for sure. So you're, 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 so guys, I love that. So you're, wait a second. So in your, um, in your group, are you a, is it dependent on the, the story, but are you an archer or a ranger or does it, do you have one character? How does that work? Oh, so you can, Paladin. You can, yeah. Oh, paladins are cool too. But uh, What's a, my paladin? God, I, a paladin's like a holy warrior. He kind of like stands like a religious warrior, basically. Um, yeah. but, but they are too I, good, right? They're too good. 
You want Sometimes, someone to be yeah. able to do a little fucking, you know, pillaging or something. Yeah, you need someone. Uh, so they have alignments in, in D&D. So a chaotic good character is how I would destri- describe myself. Chaotic good. Chaotic good is nice. Have you been the dungeon master? I don't know much about this game. I know the dungeon master has a lot of responsibility. Yeah, the dungeon master is basically like, uh, I don't even know, man. Like the He just kind of explains everything that's going on. If you have like people you come in contact with, he plays the roles of different like barkeeps. Uh, he plays the roles of like evil people that you fight and stuff like that. It's just fun, man. And we fuck around. It's not like we're being super serious. Like, We'll fucking crack jokes on each other. We'll we'll be like, yeah, I, I want to roll to try to fucking kick this dude in the nuts or something like that. <laughs> I I can picture putting Jimmy in like the Mickey Mouse thing from Fantasia and make him the dungeon master. I can I can picture Jimmy. Dude, I don't have the patience for it. I wouldn't be good at that game because you need a lot. It takes a while to play. Like it's not like a fast game, right? Yeah, it's definitely like a. It's a. a we used to play like on Sundays, and we would go for like eight or nine hours straight. So it it can be pretty long. Yeah. And you don't get bored playing it? Like, I'm so bad with that. I maybe I have a little ADD. You're not, you, you you just get into it and you get wrapped up in it. Yeah. Well, it's like, it all, it all depends on who you're playing with. That's what makes it fun. I mean, the game itself is fun, but it's like me and like all my buddies and stuff like that. Like, we're fucking, we're, we're fucking, we do jujitsu. We do all like this random shit, but all, we also do this nerd stuff. So we can all fucking get around the table and just like, make it a fun experience. Like we can do cool stuff like fight dragons and fight all these badass things. And then at the same time, we can just fuck around, try to try to like, uh, do whatever, man. That's the cool thing about D and D is you can do whatever you want. And me and my friends, we kind of balance between like fucking around, just having fun. And then like, all right, let's find something big to go take down. And it was a great cartoon I grew up on. I mean, I don't know about great when you're a kid, everything's great. There's (laughs) an old Dungeons and Dragons cartoon. When these kids, it's way before your time, but maybe you could throw it in YouTube and find it. It's these these kids go to the amusement park and then they go on the Dungeons and Dragons ride. It trans transports them into the world of Dungeons and Dragons. And you got the Dungeon Master and you had Venger, you had the One Horn, you had the Tiamat, the fucking big dragon. Jim, yeah. did I lose you? I don't know anything about it. Anyway, I know the little cat and the little mouse, and neither one of them talked. That's about as far as I go with cartoons. Um, now you were in, you were in college, Matt. Like, how what were you majoring in, and how close were you to graduating before you dropped out? Yeah, so I was in. Uh, I see here. I was about. I want to say like twelve credits shy. I had um, one actual like senior level senior level class to complete. I had a capping class to go, and then I had one like half semester, half credit class. I forgot to take when I was a freshman and I was, that was all I needed to graduate. And I was studying criminal justice, um, uh, back in college. We've had a few guys on recently, right, Matt, that, that have, uh, kind of said the same thing. Criminal. Did you want to be a cop? Did you want to be an attorney? What did you want to do? Actually, I wanted to, uh, at first I kind of wanted to be a cop, maybe like SWAT or something like that. Uh, but then as time went on, I was kind of like, I kind of wanted to get into like the juvenile system and work with juveniles, like as like a, like, like a pro- probation parole type of position just to like work with kids and help them. Um, so that's kind of what it transcended into. And then eventually, obviously I was like, fuck it. I'm going to fight. You look like a probation officer. You definitely have that, the vibe of a probation officer. Um, and how far you got almost, now this was just regular college. This wasn't the three years after, right? This was in the four year college. Yeah, so this was at Marist College up in Poughkeepsie, um, and I did about three and a half years. So I did 
my junior, or I'm sorry, freshman, sophomore, junior, and then I did the first semester of my senior year, which was like the, the football season. And then right after football season, man, that's when I pretty much made it the decision. Was there a reason you didn't finish? Did you just want to get into MMA or did you actually, was it more that you wanted to leave college? Uh, a little bit of both. I actually was like, I wanted to stay and finish it out because I did realize I wasn't that far off. But the problem was, um, like I went to like a small private liberal arts school. Uh, so they didn't offer every course in the course catalog every semester. So basically I went to go talk to like my counselor and this was like pretty much a, I don't know, like a couple of weeks before I ended up leaving. And they were like, you need to come back for a full fifth year because we don't offer all these courses in one semester. So you'd have to take like one semester, one class in one semester come back, take one class in the next semester. So I would have had to spend a whole nother year out there in New York. So it was one of those things with me, man, where I, I, I believe there's timing is a very key aspect in life, especially for particular things. And for fighting, I was like, I can't, I can't wait any longer. I got to go. I can always go back to school, but I can, I, you know, you can't always fight. So that's right. These years. Yeah. Yeah. You can't get these back. Hell yeah. Martin Sano. Now, how did we, how did this come about? Is this just about, you know, getting back up on the horse and, and getting another, getting a W under us and just getting back in there and, you know, trying to fucking right the wrongs that happened in our last one. Was it anybody? Give me anybody or tell us about this dude. Cause we're trying to find out about him. Ourselves. There's not a lot of info on him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, as far as my knowledge goes, I know that he trains out at Nick Diaz's camp uh, and he's been there for a little bit. Um, I know that he maybe used to be out in Albuquerque uh, in New Mexico a little bit. Um, watch a couple of his older fights, but you know what I mean? Like a younger version of me might've gotten wrapped up in a lot of that. But to be honest, man, I, I just coming off of a loss that I was very disappointed in my performance in. And I basically just told myself, like, I don't, I don't, I don't give a shit what the name is, what his record is, where he's from, whatever. I'm going to say yes to anybody that the UFC puts in front of me. So, and I'll take that as like a, like I'm a spiritual person. I'll just take that as a sign from up above that. That's who I'm supposed to be fighting. So, um, that's kind of how my attitude towards it. Um, I did do my research a little bit on him just to kind of gather what I could, but, um, yeah, man, I, I don't really care too much for the name. I just want to get back in there and fucking kick some ass. And how do you respond to a tough loss like that? Like, um, is it take you a week or like, how do you move past it? Or is it one of those things that you shake off pretty quickly or what's your way of getting through something like that? Uh, well, again, like I've matured a lot as a man, man. So the last, not the chaos fight, but the fight before that, that I had lost, I took it like, I did not take it well. And I was uh, did, was very immature with how I took it. And um, I learned a lot from that fight and I ended up going on like a five fight win streak uh, after that. And then in comparison, after losing to chaos, man, I can honestly say I was a lot more mature about it. Uh, I didn't, I didn't let the emotions get the better of me. And uh, I was back in the gym, like, you know, that next week ready to fucking get back at it. So um, I've definitely matured in that sense. Um, but yeah, man, like I said, I was not, was not, uh, not happy with the performance against Kath, but I was a lot more mature about how I handled it. What are you going to do? Go around punching walls? You know, the deal semi, the Jedi, you gotta just, you know, fuck go forward, man. Like the semi you are, I'm excited to watch you fight, man. You got a ferocious style. I'm at, and, and sometimes when guys are coming off a loss, they get even more ferocious because they want to they want to fucking make an example of that next guy. So I see that in his eyes, Jimmy. 
I see it. It's there. Now, what, and, but what was, you said you handled it like you were a little more immature after that, for that loss a while ago, last one before cast. What, what does an immature Matt do differently? Like what, what was different for you? Was it, was it that your training suffered or were you just, you kind of languished in it longer? Yeah, I guess you could say I just kind of like I got stuck in the result a lot longer. Like I'm pretty sure I was just freaking laying in bed for like a week or two, just like not wanting to do anything and just like sulking for no reason. When it's like I I think back to those times now, I'm like, man, why are we being such a bitch? Like, you know what I mean? Like it's one of those things, like I said, man, I've matured a lot with it. But back then I would just I would almost kind of just close myself off from everything for a while. And it would be, I'd be losing valuable time when I should have just been getting back up on my high horses. Like I've been taught to do ever since I was a young age, man. But it was like those things, man. It's just a, a reminder that I had to be uh, reminded of. Now, like the week of the fight, you don't got your buddies to, to kill time. It would be great if they were there with you. You could kill your time cutting weight doing an eight hour fucking journey to middle earth. But you can't do that now. You're by yourself. What are you doing to kill the time now? You're watching any movies? You're watching any series? Because I always like to get turned on to new, to new shows. You know what I mean? Yeah, actually, I watched. Uh, what was it? I watched that Godzilla vs Kong movie last night. That was How was that? It was pretty good. It wasn't bad. Like the, the storyline, I didn't get too much. But I feel like that 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 whole world has a, its own lore itself. But uh, the the fight scenes were badass, dude. They were freaking sweet. Do you like this Godzilla? His head is tiny. It bugs me. I don't like little tack head Godzilla. I, it, it really annoys me. Yeah, I've never really, honestly, I don't like Godzilla that much, man. Like, he has, like, a lot of crazy powers and, like, his breath and stuff like that. But I like Kong way better, man. He's He, he kind of strikes me as more of, like, the fighter. Hey, you know what was a good one was? Really, I like, I enjoyed this one a, lo- a lot. Was uh, was it Con- Skull Island? Kong Island? Wait, what the fuck was oh, it? Oh, Kong Skull Island. Skull Island. That was yeah. good. Did you see that? No, I haven't seen that one, dude. That was a, that's what that had Sam Jackson in it. Ooh, all right. I think I know a, I'm, I'm telling you, because I seen the one you're talking about just now. That one's a superior movie. You will enjoy that one. Oh shit, yeah, that's a fun one. I like that one a lot, Jimmy. You should watch that one too. Yeah, I don't mind King Kong. He's more relatable than Godzilla. He's a, like he's a mammal, so he beats his chest. He likes, you know, he, you know, he's he's like us. He, he's more relatable. It's kind of ironic that you upset that <laughs> you don't like Godzilla because he has a little head I, his tiny head irritates me to no end dude I got a head like a Rottweiler you got a little head that I feel like I can just squash like a great I do I, maybe that's what it is Godzilla has a fat body and a tiny head and I see myself in Godzilla just making noise getting nothing done shit oh you're killing me alright Semi the Jedi yeah what else we got for Semi good luck on, uh, on Saturday you're on a huge card too which is great um, I mean, they obviously must have, uh, have some faith in you. They're putting you on this, uh, on this card and I'm, I'm sure we'll, uh, see a good fight out of you. Uh, you know, I'm looking forward to watching you again. And I'll see you down there, buddy. I'll be cornering my Rob. So I'll say hello. Hey, let's go. Yes, sir. Let's do it. All right, Matt. Good talking to you, man. Thank you guys. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. You know what's funny, Jimmy? I'm leaving yep. tonight, and now I got all you at the airport. Now I have a driver waiting for you. I was supposed to leave in the morning, so I think they think I'm there. Oh, you should just say yes. I'm wearing a yellow hat and make the guy walk around for a fucking hour. Should we do a couple of picks before we go? I'm having a hard. I'm just. It's, I'm very congested, so it's hard for me to breathe. I'm with Jimmy. I love you. I don't um, have COVID symptoms. It's just I'm stuffy. Let's let, let you. What do you want to do? Do you want to do? Uh, gee, there's some good fights. Uh, Andraj Kavir. Let's do the whole main card, Matt. There's some really oh! good fights. None of these fights you can look. They're all great fights. So uh, Cynthia Calvillo, uh, of course, is coming off that uh, decision loss to Caitlin Chukagian. Yes, buddy. I'm going with Cynthia Calvillo. 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 I am going to take Andraj. All right. Second round stoppage. Decision, Cynthia. Now, uh, Curtis Blades, Jarzinho, Rosenstrike. Curtis is fourteen and three. Jarzinho, twelve and two. Very comparable records. Who, who, like, who does what they want to do? I guess, right? Like, this is the thing. I'm trying to think, and I like Jarzinho a lot. Yeah, a lot. When's the last time he dealt with a grappler? When? I don't remember him dealing with a grappler ever. Yeah, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to get all up in there. That's okay. You're not wrong. Um, but. Jim, why should I give a fuck if that guy's a young guy? Because he was just joking and being a ball breaker. I, now I know. Now but I you, know. You, but you took it as he knows you're with Al Jermaine and he was, you thought he was fucking with you. I get it. Yeah. But I like everybody. Yeah. Okay, Jimmy. So, um, Jimmy, let me see here. I'm going to go. <laughs> Jimmy, you're so funny, Jimmy. You know me so well. I'm going to go with, who are you going with? Curtis Blades. Uh, and I don't mean that to say that so quickly. I just think that his his ground game is too strong. And he does have more power than people think. Derek Lewis is a rare breed of a guy who can withstand that and fight it off long enough to get that that short uppercut, um, you know, to time that takedown. Rosenstrike, um, again, a great, great kickboxer. But I'm, I'm taking uh, Curtis Blades. I, what's that? Sorry. I, I, did I say that out loud? What'd you say? I said second round submission. Yeah, I was going to say second round submission as well. Well, now at least like, you could say that I'm not copying you. And you're not copying me. No. That in your mind. But I knew you were going to say something like that. But you're that's right. what I want. All right, we're both in agreement. Let's move right along. Diaz Lawler. Diaz. Yeah, I think. Oh, yeah, I think we talked about this already. I think the fact that. The, the, oh, yeah, we, we, already, we already picked these. Uh, I think I'm taking Nick too, because I think that that seven years or six years without a fight is going to be an advantage to, to the rest of his body guy. Uh, I think I said, I'm, I'm going to take a third round stoppage. I got, uh, you know what? I was going with Valentina, but should I change it to Lauren Murphy? Cause she's an underdog. 
Well, it's whatever you feel. I, I wouldn't take anyone against Valentina. Me neither. That's why I'm not. Except Amanda. I can't take it. Listen, nobody can take offense to this. If if I didn't talk to anybody that, that picked against me with George St. Pierre, I wouldn't talk to anybody. Sure. So, including you. No, no, I didn't pick against you at GSP. Oh, listen, you don't go to bullshit. I'm not. Okay. I'm going to go. <laughs> Valentina by decision. And then we both went with Ortega. Yeah. But oh my goodness, after that conversation. Oh, I know. I know. Now he's working with Craig Jones. You know? I'm still taking Ortega. I think I had him in the fourth round or third round. A Volkanovsky, I could easily see winning by decision too, but I just don't think he's faced anybody who's as deadly on the ground as Ortega. Um, so I think that Brian just finds a way to get a hold of him. Okay. All right, Jimmy, listen. You know, what else we got? I'm going to go clear my nose out with uh, my uh, Navage, thanks to Amanda Nunes recommending it to me. <laughs> what is it? It just cleans your nose out with salt water. Listen, man, all I know is I got to go make the flight later. There's a driver waiting for me right now in Las Vegas. Let me let them know that I'm not going to be What late. time is your plane? It's later on tonight, eight-ish. Oh, okay. I'll be in the air, you know what I'm saying? All right, well, have a safe flight, man. I'll talk to you over the weekend. Jimmy, I miss you already, but I'll have my phone on me if you want to FaceTime. Yeah, we should do that. All right. I'm on Cameo, Matt Serra. And I'm on Cameo, Jim Norton, but I'm not on the app, only online. So do it on your computer or the website. SarahBJJ.com if you want any merchandise. Hey, look at this. You thought I was going to show you my abs again. Very nice. Jimmy, my. Yeah, very nice. My nipple's hard. Uh, Jimmy, I miss you. I'll talk to you soon. All right, buddy. I miss you too. Thank you, everybody. And, uh, UFC 266 this Saturday night. Bye, everyone. Goodbye. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.